WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. And hello, everybody, to a new episode of Three Point Conversion. I am your host, Carson Keel, joined by Adam Pambry. And uh, let's get into it with a very much action packed episode of alternate football throughout this weekend. Because, Adam, guess what happened this weekend for the first time in history? I'm confused at what you're go- where you're going with it. Two leagues oh, yeah. playing at the same time in spring. I guess we didn't have that, you know, back when, you know, XFL was around the last time. Uh, well, still, let's go ahead and get right on into it. Uh, we're going to talk XFL first because playoffs are basically one week away. And we're having some kind of uh, playoff-like games upcoming. So, Vegas at Houston. Um, why is Vegas all of a sudden like making like a like a late break, like to act good? You know, I guess you know they finally you know got everything together. That's finally clicking on all cylinders for them. The problem is a little bit too late. Yeah, um, they're not they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, they've been eliminated at this point. Now with Houston, you know they come out with a win, twenty eight twenty one. They have now clinched the you know semifinal game the uh, the South Championship, if you will. Um, it will be played at their uh, stadium now. <clears throat> now in the game, you had for the Vipers Jalen McClendon, twenty-seven of thirty-seven, two hundred and forty-nine yards, two touchdowns. You know, everybody as the season's gone on, everybody's been getting better. I kind of wish, you know, the Vipers had kind of played a little bit better, you know, earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. They might have been able yeah. to make a push for the playoffs. You know, I don't know if I'd want to see them have home field advantage in the playoffs with how bad their stadium looks, but it would be – it would make things more interesting with more teams, you know, trying to get that last playoff spot. Now, for Houston, uh, Brandon Silvers, 16-27, 105 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Like we said, Houston – They've been – like, even though they've won, you know, now the last two games, mm. they've been going downhill since yeah. the beginning of the season. And I don't know if they're going to do good in the playoffs. Now, the good thing is that first playoff game will be against one of the teams in the South. But I don't think they're going to be able to win a championship the way they've been playing. Yeah, let's just kind of talk about these uh, teams in the South <laughs> because then you have Orlando at San Antonio. San Antonio squeaks by with two points. Yeah, so – the Guardians, you know, I kind of said, you know, maybe they were, you know, going to win this game with the way they've been playing the last two weeks. They had the one upset against the defenders a couple weeks ago. Weren't able to pull it off this time. I don't know how big of an upset it would be with San Antonio. You know, San Antonio is now three and six on the year. But, you know, the Guardians beating anybody is pretty much an upset yeah. at this point. Now, Quentin Dormandy had been doing a lot better. You know, he had two straight games, 300-plus passing yards. This game, only 9 of 17, 47 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Then uh, we did get to see DeAndre Francois, who used to play at Florida State, Mm -hmm. 3 of 5, 20 yards, one touchdown. And then Orlando did have a 100-yard rusher, uh, Devin Darrington, 16 carries for 133 yards. Now for the Brahmas – who were able to get this two-point win over <laughs> one of the worst teams. Yes. If not the worst. I mean, they, 
the Brahmins might be the worst team too. They might have just got lucky this time. You know, we yeah. don't really know. But I mean, with how they've been playing, you know, the Vipers I think have been playing better than both of these teams lately. Um, but the Brahmins in this game, Jack Cone, twenty-five of thirty-one, three hundred and two yards, only one touchdown, but still, that is a very impressive day for him. And then rushing, Jaquez Patrick. I hope I'm saying his name right. I've been <laughs> saying that. The, whole season 20 carries 80 yards not a hundred yard rushing performance but it seems like some of these teams are actually trying to run the ball now yeah that's a great i mean just i'm looking at the head of the schedule and i just i realized there's a game we'll talk about when we talk about week 10 but it's a game that's like if that team loses to the two this orlando team wow. that that would be like mm, yeah i don't we're going to save it for a little bit later, but yeah. you know, we'll get to it. All right, let's hold our again. Another close game: Arlington at DC. Arlington, I mean, look, it looks like they're basically wrapped up yeah. to, to be that second spot in the South. Yeah, they they should. You know, you got Vegas. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> Vegas has been playing good. Yeah. Arlington, they were playing really bad. Yeah. Now they're playing good. So in the South, you do have Orlando. You do have. You know, the Brahmas. Now you have the Renegades. I don't see how I'd have to look at I have to look at everything. But right now, the Renegades, they are playing better. They are at least the second best team in the South, but you know, the South has been pretty weak. Now yeah. Renegades now four and five. Almost beat the Defenders. Defenders still eight and one. They have been showing a lot of cracks lately. A lot. So we will see what happens once we get in the playoffs. But they were able to win this game in overtime. Now, Arlington scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to force it there. But if we just look at this right quick, Luis Perez, he goes to the team. That first week, we're all shaking our heads like, Mm -hmm. why is he not playing? Now, Two games actually getting playing time with the Renegades, 31 of 41, 335 yards, one touchdown. Did have the one interception, but that is that is a that is a very good. That is a very good day at the office. Now, would he have done that in the first game there? We don't know. But they might have have a five hundred record now. Now for the defenders, Jordan Tayamu, 14 of 20, 188 yards, two touchdowns. One interception. Derek King did get in for a little bit. Six and nine, seventy-six yards. One touchdown. One interception. Now, the defenders could not run at all in this game. Did yeah. you see the? Did you see the rushing stats for this one? Uh, I've not seen the full rushing stats going in line. Me. The leading rusher, Abram Smith, ten carries for twenty-seven yards. That's rough. That's rough. They they're going to have to play a lot better than what they did this past mm-hmm. week, and really the last like three weeks. I mean, the Seattle game. They should have run away with that one. Yeah. They let Seattle get back in the game. If you go with, like, the second half against Seattle, I mean, the offense still played really well, but, like, the way that their defense looked, they haven't been able to close out games defensively. And I think their offense might need, uh, you know, stepping up in the running game a little bit if you're Just a little bit. wanting to win in the playoffs, but we'll see. Yeah. And then let's talk about this. Well, it was basically kind of a, a playoff game. St. Louis showed up for this game. Only for the Battle Hawks to absolutely be walloped by the Seattle Sea Dragons and that, that race for that second spot in the North. Yeah, so going into this game, we thought Seattle was going to win. 
Now, we also did not know if A.J. McCarron was going to be able to play in this game. He did play. He did not play as well as he had. He did. He went 18 of 32, 186 yards, one touchdown, did have two interceptions. And, you know, there was a while – it was, you know, it was fairly close. Um, You know, really, you know, first half was pretty close. Third quarter – Still hanging in there. Seattle, you know, they they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter to kind of open it up, you know. I was kind of hoping it would be a little bit more competitive down the stretch of that game. But you got to give it to Seattle. You know, they needed that win. If they, if if St. Louis had won that game, they would have locked up a playoff spot. Yeah. Seattle, Ben DiNucci, 21 of 31, 260 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He is also the first quarterback in the XFL to go over 2,000 yards this season. Yeah. Mm. Now, did you see him with the uh, Danucci not Gucci sign? Yeah, I saw that. That was that was good. It's good yeah. sportsmanship. <laughs> that is. <laughs> yeah, it's always like one of those things. Like, uh, you, you get those signs out of the crowd after those like tough away games. That's that's always interesting. Oh, and another thing, I just want to pull up. He is. The leading passer in the league, right. over two thousand yards. He's also the leading quarterback in rushing yards. He has over two hundred rushing yards now. I just think that's interesting. He's leading in both categories. That's you know pretty impressive. That is. Well, uh, do you want to go into all the tiebreakers real quick, if, or do you want to wait until right. week ten? So we'll just go ahead and go through it, just, okay. so, just so everybody can be up to speed. So like, there's like three hundred different tiebreakers. So so. The only teams that can tie right now, right? So the Vipers and the Guardians. Vipers in the north, Guardians in the south. I will get that right eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I keep messing that up, but not important. They they, they don't matter. They're not yeah. in the playoffs. So anyway, they've been eliminated. The Promise and the Renegades can tie. Mm-hmm. And then the Sea Dragons and the Battlehawks can tie. Now, with the Battlehawks and the Sea Dragons... They tie if both of them win or both of them lose. Okay. DC Defenders, they've already locked up right. the North. They've locked up the home field. Same with Houston Roughnecks. They've locked up the South. They've locked up the home field. So now, Renegades and Brahmas. Brahmas have to win. Renegades have to lose for this to be, you know, two different tiebreakers. But there is a chance we're going to have at least two teams tie. Mm. So the f- for just a two-team tiebreaker, which is all we're going to have in either the North or the South, the first one is head-to-head. So right. with St. Louis and Seattle, they both split their series. Um, do you do you remember if uh, the Renegades and the Brahmas split? I want to say they have also. Okay. Well, I had to double-check on that one. Yeah. I didn't look through the whole schedule right before coming. I know Seattle-St. Louis has because we talked about that last week. Yeah. So... so Next, it goes to the best win-loss percentage in division games. So, right now, I, I, <laughs> we'd have to go through the whole schedule again. We, anyway, so best win-loss percentage in division games. So it's still tied strength of victory in all games. So then it's the combined record of opponents and wins. Everybody's played everybody. Yeah. So they're going to have the same. <laughs> yeah. That's like, okay. Okay. Well. So then best combined ranking among division teams and points scored and points allowed. Then best combined ranking among all teams and points scored and points allowed in all games. The sixth tiebreaker is best net points in all games. 
The seventh tiebreaker is best net touchdowns in all games. And then the eighth and final tiebreaker is a coin toss. Well, I don't think it's going to get down to the coin toss. I think it's going to be two or three at this point. But that would be a great way to end the first season of the renewed XFL. Yeah. Um, obviously, we don't have the three or more teams, but that, that gets even. I mean, it's pretty much all the same things, but that would just be crazy if one year, if like if, if this league continues on, you know, if they end up having a three-way tie at some point. But right now... You know, there is the possibility for these teams to tie. It'll, it'll be really interesting going into this final week. Now, we're, we're saving we're saving next week's games, right? We're not, we're talking yeah, about the show. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get into that in a little bit. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the USFL Week One. They kicked off in Memphis, Tennessee. The Philadelphia Stars went and traveled to the Memphis Showboats. The Stars win in a near comeback from Memphis. Uh, interesting game overall to kind of kick off the season. Yeah, it was a very competitive game. It was great to see the USFL back, you know, week one. You know, this is great for us because, you know, you have the almost the end of one spring season and then you have the beginning of another one. It's just more football, more stuff for us to watch. And then by the time USFL ends, it's going to be time for, you know, college football, the NFL to come back around. Now this game – Philadelphia, we talked about it last week. They had the uh, second-best odds to win the USFL, correct? So, you would pick Philadelphia going this game. I picked Memphis. I thought, you know, the home field advantage with Memphis, a bunch of people wanting to see, you know, a professional football team in Memphis. They almost completed the comeback. They did not. They still didn't play, you know, terrible – it, just, it, was, it was a very competitive game. You yeah. know, you go through it, like, almost everything is, you know, even across the board. So, total drives, both teams had nine. Total plays, Philadelphia with 58, Memphis with 55. Total yards, Memphis actually has more total yards. They have 295 to Philadelphia's 281. Yards per play, 5.4 to 4.8. This was a very, you know, evenly yeah. matched game. It was it was good to watch. But anyway, Philadelphia wins 27 to 23. Yeah, it was a very close game. I was kind of shocked. I mean, I kind of, I'm someone who was kind of like, I don't think Memphis is exactly going to be as great as people are kind of hyping it up. They they still lost, but I think this is a team that, especially with them coming into Birmingham this this uh, upcoming weekend, and then now you have kind of again, you just it's one interstate from Memphis to Birmingham. You're going to have a wave of fans come. Yeah, that's that's I'm I am I'm somewhat concerned about that. I'm I'm going to be perfectly honest. Now, one thing I will bring up, you know. I don't really know if this is anything to me. Okay, so with the USFL, this is year two. I know not everybody has the exact same players. Some teams have new quarterbacks right. and everything. But if we compare how week one with the XFL started mm-hmm. and how week one with the USFL started, I feel like the USFL players, you know, obviously they had a little bit more time to right. prepare. They looked ready to play football. Yeah. It put a little bit better product, I think, on the field, at least for a week one. Um, the cook is for Philadelphia, 20 of 29, 212 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, it was, you know, it, it was good. Now, once again, um, teams don't like to run the ball in spring leagues. Yeah. Um, leading rusher, also the quarterback, cook is seven carries, 31 yards. Um, 
Memphis actually had their leading rusher, uh, Collins, 14 attempts, 63 yards, did have the one touchdown. Their quarterback, well, they, they had two quarterbacks on the game, but White went 16 of 29. Not the greatest percentage-wise, 182 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and then Kelly, two of five, 16 yards. You know, he, yeah. he barely played. But, yeah, I just thought it was a little bit easy. Like, first game going in, it just looked a little bit more – like the, the team's actually been preparing and not just thrown together for last second. I agree. Yeah, these teams felt more there. Uh, I think that's kind of the best word to describe everything. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about the game that followed up. New Jersey at Birmingham. I got the privilege of being on the sidelines for this one, uh, so I got to see everything kind of feet. Uh, and uh, literally nearly got hit by uh, DeAndre Johnson during his one of his runs. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did uh, – were you that down the field the whole game? Yes. Okay. Uh, so the little time I'm the only I, I basically so I didn't eat dinner. So what I did is I I, I stayed through everything. Got opening kickoff on on film. Ran up, ate two roast beef wraps, and ran back down onto the field to, to stay on the game. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, so Birmingham, yes. the odds favorite to win the USFL. They would repeat. They unveiled. The banner and everything. Very nice banner, I should say. You know, it's very nice. You know, it goes where, you know, they don't allow anybody to sit so they can make it look like there's more people in the stands. But. Well, I should say the home the home side was completely filled. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I will say um, watching these games, you know, on the games where it was the actual home team, mm-hmm. there was a decent crowd. Yeah. Now, on some of the other games where like those. Again, the, the hub games are always, they're yeah. always going to be just the. Yeah. We're hoping, you know. As it gets into the summer, kids are out of school. Yeah. You need a day, you know, watching some football with the family. Maybe there'll be more people that just decide to go watch football. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so in this game, Stallions end up winning 27-10 to 10 over the New Jersey Generals for the Generals' crew cup 13 of 17, 148 yards. No touchdowns, though. Um, and then for the Stallions – you know, both both these teams, you know, had multiple guys throwing the ball. But yeah. Smith, 10 of 15, 160 now, yards. The thing we learned, I, I got managed to also get in the press conference, okay. Smith did locate, dislocate his finger during the game. Okay. So that's why Alex McGee was brought in. Got it. See, I, I wasn't sure of the exact injury right there. Mm-hmm. But McGee comes in, 7 of 11, yeah. 60 yards. Neither of them played bad. You know, it was it was a very good – it was very good to see a backup quarterback come in. And, and you fill know, in. Yeah. Play. Now – Disappointing to the locals in the area. Oh yes, uh, Bo Scarborough. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of stallions who are who are not happy with the amount of touches CJ Marble got. Yeah. And I'm all I'll say is the two touches Bo had were not exactly the greatest. No, but at the same time, you feel like maybe if you gave him like two to three more, maybe something would start to happen. Yeah. So the people in this area that watched him in college, they know like. Once you start giving him the ball, like he's going to get a rhythm going. Yeah. Now maybe you know we don't know how his career is going to go from here. But when a big part about these spring leagues, right? When you have a team in Birmingham, you want to get players that have like loyal fans in the area. So mm-hmm. most Scarborough going to the University yeah. of Alabama, he's going to have fans. People are going to come and hope to see him because they watched him in college. And then when you don't even see him in the game. It's just – it's not a real – the fans are not going to be happy. So, it's something tells me that he will be getting more touches. Just just I, my own just my own opinion. I, I would think so, too. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, so, um, the Stallions offense rushing, I was not a fan of it, again. Yeah. 
I think I think Marvel is going to be better for more. If you're trying to get it for long runs, he's perfect. But with the general's defense, uh, short runs were better. Even if Bo didn't get exactly that, but still, uh, but throwing, I- I'm very impressed with. We did get to see, we did not get to see Thaddeus Moss uh, play, yeah. uh, but he likely again going to be playing this weekend because got to give him some time yeah. to know the playbook. Yeah, so. you know, you know, he just got added like yeah. you know, the week before the game. So like once you get him, get him some more practice, learn the playbook. I expect to see a lot of Thaddeus Moss yeah. this season. But Jace uh, Sternberg absolutely showed out for the Stallions, so yeah. he's he's someone who could kind of be uh, a kind of a sign to watch because again, first game. Uh, basically saves the game for the Stallions offensive-wise. Okay, so week one, mm-hmm. I know you're local. Right. Is Okay, first I'm going to ask, do you see the Stallions repeating after watching them in the first game? Honestly, I cannot give you an answer because okay. I would like, for one thing, I want to see how they do against Memphis. Yeah. want to see how they do against Memphis. Obviously, we want to see them run the ball a little yeah. bit better. And... You know, it's a long season. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what There's happens. There's Philly and one of the team that scares me. No, yeah. but we'll talk about them in a second. Yeah. So, the next game, Michigan Panthers, mm-hmm. Houston Gamblers. You know, I kind of expected, you know, the Birmingham game to be kind of spread out like it was. Yeah. You kind of expected the Philadelphia-Memphis game to be more spread out. Yeah. That game was pretty close. This game... It was tight Mich- until the end. Yeah, but Michigan looked good. Yeah. Michigan looked really good in this game. Houston didn't look good. No, not 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 at all. Um, but anyway, passing Memphis. Uh, I'm getting the M's yeah. mixed up. Michigan, the Panthers. They had three people play QB, play quarterback. Love eighteen of twenty, two hundred fifteen yards, three touchdowns. Strong goes in. He goes five of five. You know, he doesn't throw any touchdowns but five of five. And then Walker, one pass. It was incomplete. But as a team, 23 of 26 for 249 yards. This is the team that scares me as a Stallions fan. Because yeah. guess what also? we have In the one game we have, guess where the Stallions play this game? Mm. It's not going to be good for us. Ford Field, <laughs> yeah, with a with a, what looks like to because guess who, guess which game was the most watched this by in Michigan. I'm going to assume that. One. Yes, <laughs> they are excited for a professional team. That yeah, okay. No disrespect to the Lions, but do you remember the last time they were in the playoffs? Uh, let's see. I believe it was the '90s. <laughs> I think there. I think there was one one wild card appearance when when Stafford was there. I'll give them uh-huh. that. But they they want to see a championship football team. Michigan, week one, definitely looks like a strong contender. Yes. Um, yeah, Michigan Panthers, week one, looking really good. Now, the Gamblers. It's, they need some adjustments. They need they need a lot of things. So, um, I'm going to I'm gonna butcher the name. Behar, <laughs> is that how you say it? Yes, Behar. 13 of 22, only 59% completions, 109 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, a c- QBR of thirty four point one, not not great. <laughs> That's not great to say the least. Pledger rushing sixteen carries, forty one yards. That's a two point six average. He does have two touchdowns though. Yes, so we'll give him that. Um, but yeah, that was not a good look for them. Michigan looked obviously looked like the better team the whole game. Now out of out of the three teams so far, 
you know, I don't know. The Stallions they kind of they kind of dominated, you know, a lot of that game. So I, I'll say that they had probably the more dominating performance. Yeah, but this was probably the most impressive performance to me. Oh yeah, like if you want to see a complete team, Michigan is where it's at right now. Like yeah. I, I, as a Stallions fan, I'll say that. Yeah. Like that that's 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 kind of like oh oh I'm I'm concerned for myself, uh, kind of thing. So uh, yeah, just something that we're just got to kind of wait and just watch. And then we got our next game. Um, if there was a bad game of the week, it was this game. Yep, it was. It wasn't the best. Um, I was a little disappointed. I kind of wanted Pittsburgh to win this. Yeah, game. same. <laughs> However, I will say this: the, the USFL they're doing a pick'em yeah. uh, pool. Uh, I get. I went. I went four for four. So, and I picked New Orleans. So I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Papa's so, getting a USFL jersey because of that code they, they're giving out. So now with New Orleans, they played. You know they're they're playing in Birmingham as well. Now, New Orleans fans, if you're listening, you can take the train ride up to Birmingham. Or a car. It's five hours. It's a car. Train train's a little bit cheaper probably, but I'm just saying more scenic. You know you can you can come up to Birmingham. You can watch some football. They won this week. I don't know how many more wins they're going to get this year. It doesn't. So they're look, probably getting look, a free win next week. Look, we talk about that. Time of possession, New Orleans, thirty-seven minutes, eighteen seconds. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, twenty-two minutes. Dominates time of possession. Right. Total yards, New Orleans, three thirty-two. Pittsburgh, one fifty-six. Uh, but let's talk about how uh, exactly how New Orleans got those points. There was one touchdown. They scored twenty-two points. I should say one touchdown. James, you know the, what the rest were, right? Yeah, this one. I, love, I, I need to. I need to pull everything back up. I just. It, it was field goals. Yeah. So we'll we'll go through the whole thing. So Pittsburgh does get the early lead, right? Thirty-seven yard field goal, three nothing. New Orleans ties it up. Then they kicked another field goal. Then they pit. Okay, so it is six three, Pittsburgh. Scores a touchdown. New Orleans field goal to tie it back up at nine. It stays nine nine for a while. New Orleans another field goal twelve to nine. Another field goal fifteen to nine. Now Pittsburgh does tie it up fifteen fifteen five minutes left in the game, and then you know New Orleans scores the touchdown late. Go up twenty two fifteen. Not a very exciting game. Mm-hmm. I I did not look. Did you do you have all the ratings for this week? Uh, yes, I actually do. So would you like? So let's just. It, it was very interesting. No game got over a million. That's XFL, yeah. and that is USFL. Okay, so I haven't pulled up two this time. Seeing I'm, yes. I'm a little bit more prepared this week. So let's go. Let's start with XFL. Houston Vegas ABC. Eight hundred seventy-eight thousand. It's not. It's not terrible. You know, yeah, that's ABC. It's, it's look. It is. It's better than some of the games. I'll, I'll give it that. Hmm. San Antonio, Orlando, ESPN two, two hundred thirty-five thousand. Now, once again, Orlando, one win. San Antonio has have been the biggest. You know, they the two of. Other than the Vipers, like we were saying, Vipers have been playing a little bit better. These might be the two worst teams right now. 
but we'll see. But yeah, that had the, the that was the lowest ratings overall. Yes, DC Arlington, ESPN, six hundred seventy thousand hundred. Yep. Yep. And St. Louis, Seattle, again, kind of promoted as game of the week. Could barely get five hundred seventy thousand. Yeah. Now. It is coming at kind of an inopportune time. You do have the USFL starting. You also have NBA playoffs. Right. You have NHL playoffs. There's a lot of things going on. But if we're talking about a spring football league being able to succeed, you want to see better numbers than this. Yes. Again, here's what the USFL did. Just for comparison, Memphis, Philadelphia on Fox, 837,000. Birmingham, New Jersey – on Fox, 864,000. And then Houston, Michigan, NBC the next day. Again, noon game. Everyone's supposed to be at church. 974,000, nearly, nearly a million. Probably with DVR, you had a million. And then New Orleans, Pittsburgh, that's on FS1, Sunday night, 483,000. Yeah. So, overall, USFL in week one outperforms XFL week nine. Right. Now, when the playoffs start, we can kind of see if people want to tune into playoff games instead of the uh, USFL games. We'll see about that. But also, the uh, USFL ratings, the week one to week one, last year, this year, right. the week one ratings are also down. So Right, but they're actually, but here's the thing. Uh, when looking at the NBC ratings, they're actually up 4%. Yes, with that one, yeah. Yes. So, once again, we're going to need a little bit of time. Now, I will say... Going back to that, that last game that we were talking about, New Orleans and Pittsburgh, the one bright spot for me, at least, um, even though the game wasn't all that great. I mean, it was it was close. It just wasn't really that exciting. Now, Reuben Foster. Mm-hmm. With Pittsburgh, he played college football at Alabama. This was his first game in the state of Alabama since he was at college. And it's his first NFL game. Or not NFL. First Football game, first like professional football game, yeah, I think three years now. Um, but anyway, he comes in and he does have the strip that Pittsburgh is able to pick up and run in for the touchdown. Right. So that was my one spot of the game that I was happy that I'm watching this. Yeah. But it's still that was not you know not the best game. But I'm happy for I'm happy for Ruben. I'm yes. hoping I'm hoping he can keep it going. Maybe get another shot at the NFL. We'll see. He looked good. He looked good in the game. Yes, he did. Uh, so let's go ahead and look at those previews. Go on and start wrapping this up. Week 10 F- XFL. This is kind of the interesting game that we were kind of talking about when, when looking at uh, or- or Orlando. Orlando is at St. Louis to wrap up the season for Orlando. Yeah. So St. Louis, obviously, they have the chance to make the playoffs. Right. Orlando's done. This is their last game. Now, I would be very surprised if St. Louis loses this game. Mm-hmm. They have had 30-plus thousand people at every single home game so far. I expect the same here, especially with a playoff berth on the line. Now, what can Orlando do to kind of show that, you know, this season wasn't a total loss? I mean, they already have the one win. Their right. one win was against the DC. best team. Yeah, But if they are able to win this game and knock a team out of playoff contention, that would be great for their team, the confidence going forward. We would see like how many people actually come back to the team, how many of the coaches stay. You know, they might they might try to clean house. We don't know, but they have. You know, people want to say that there's nothing to play for. There's a little bit of something to play for. For yeah, you want to play spoiler? Yeah, I mean, but I'm going to go with St. Louis. Yeah. 
anyway. Yeah, unfortunately, I gotta agree with you. It's it's a, it's going to be a St. Louis W here. Uh, yeah, I, I I hate it. I hate that. I hate it. I want to I want to see some shenanigans, but yeah, we'll we'll see. All right, DC is at San Antonio. Possibly, uh, DC is coming back to this place soon. Yeah, you know they they expect to be in the stadium in a couple of weeks. You know, playing for a championship. Mm-hmm. Now, San Antonio has not played good. They have not. DC has regressed the last three weeks. I would say, um, even though you know they still put up you know decent amount of points against you know when they were playing Seattle last week. You know this is. I expect DC to go in there and win. I don't think San Antonio is going to be able to play well enough, but we also didn't think Orlando was going to beat DC. Yeah. So I'm still going with DC. I expect them to finish nine and one. I mean, they've already locked up everything, so there's not like a whole lot to play for other than, you know, maybe I'm I'm hoping that the coaches going and talking to these players are kind of getting it in their head that they can't keep playing like this and they need to fix it before it's a playoff. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that's very important. All right, uh, Texas Tangle, Houston at Arlington. So, I think Arlington's going to win this game. I think you're correct. I think it's a really good shot. Okay. So, Houston, start off the year really good. Yep. They lost to D.C. Season went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Like, they have not played well. Now they've already locked up. They've already locked up the South. They've locked up the home field. Arlington, you know, they're, they're still playing. Okay, so San Antonio and Arlington have a chance to tie. San Antonio would have to beat D.C. A little bit more difficult than, you know, Houston beating Arlington. You you would expect Houston to beat Arlington, yeah. you know, earlier in the year. Now I think Arlington's going to win. Arlington wins. They lock up that second final playoff spot in the South. Now, things could get interesting if – if San Antonio does beat D.C. on Saturday and then Sunday Arlington's playing, they might start feeling a little pressure. Mm-hmm. I still think Arlington's going to get the job done. But once again, it, you don't know what's going to be going on in the headspace of yeah. all these players. That's, that's one thing. You're right. I mean, this is basically – Houston has no reason to really care about this game. They're in the playoffs no matter what. So I, I'm interested to kind of see how they kind of play through. Yep. That, I, I think it's just going to depend on what happens in D.C. at San Antonio. I think that's going to be the main thing. All right, and then probably the slaughter of the week in the XFL, Vegas at Seattle. I mean, this is a yep. Seattle team that needs a desperate win, and we have a Vegas team that is not very good. Now, once again, Vegas, just like Orlando, they would love to play spoiler. Mm-hmm. Vegas has been playing better. They have. I don't think they're the worst team in the league right now. But they're going into Seattle. And Seattle with Ben DiNucci, leading quarterback in passing guards of the whole league. I think he's going to do it again. I think he's going to light it up. I don't really see this game being close. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about all these games. But I do still think that Seattle is going to have a little bit of the home field advantage. They still have a lot to play for. They are trying to get that last playoff spot in the north. And this is another thing, you know, like we were talking about the game before. Yeah. Orlando and St. Louis, they play Saturday at noon. Vegas at Seattle play Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If St. Louis wins that game against Orlando, yeah. very easy to do, they got to wait over 24 hours. They got to wait pretty much a day and a half 
to play this game. Do they start feeling the pressure? We don't know. But we've seen what happens with with professional athletes when they have a lot of pressure on them and they're not used to it. So, like, you know, if this was, you know, Tom Brady in the NFL, you know, you would expect him to handle the pressure. We don't know how these players are going to handle the pressure right here with playoff spots on the line. Now, I expect Seattle to win. I expect St. Louis to win. I think it's going to be a tie for that second spot in the North, and then we're going to have to start going through the tiebreakers. But I think Seattle wins their game at least handily. We can talk about tiebreakers next week if all this happens. Yeah, that's going to be a fun possible discussion next week. So let's start looking at week two for the USFL to wrap up everything. 11.30 a.m. in Birmingham. Houston is playing New Orleans. (laughs) So... I beg you, New Orleans fans, get up to Birmingham. Support the team. It, but, by the way, those tickets, are, you can literally watch the next game. Yeah, it's it's cheap. You can stay in the stadium, watch two football games. You can watch better football in the second game. But <laughs> get up there. Support the team. They're playing Houston. Neither Houston or New Orleans played well week one. I'm. I don't know, man. This is tough. I'm going New Orleans. All I will. I will go New Orleans just for the fact that New Orleans did come away with the win. The game was not pretty. They found ways to score. They won. Houston. They were. I mean, Michigan. Michigan. You know, they they were really good in that game. Yeah. So, right now, with just the way they looked week one, we still like just like with the XFL in week one. We need more weeks to kind of figure out all these teams, but. I would say New Orleans right now, just for the sole fact that they still found a way to win. Yeah. All right. Uh, Memphis at Birmingham. I, I, you, you probably know my answer already on this I th- one. But. I think with these games, we can probably pick the same teams. Maybe maybe not that last game. We'll get to it. Yeah. But I think you're going with Birmingham. Yeah. I'm going with Birmingham. I, I mean, I've already, you know, pretty much sold myself on – Birmingham's going to repeat as a champion. Now, after watching the week one game, a little bit of reservation, like, hey, y'all got to play a little bit better. Maybe we should wait a little bit. Maybe wait a little better. But, you know, I'm still, you know, maybe it's bad because I'm doing a podcast on all these teams. But, you know, Birmingham's a local team. I'm still, you know, a Birmingham fan. So, it's, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. But, Uh you know, hey, Birmingham, it's local. I like watching, you know, Alabama football you know i know it's not what i'm used to but birmingham i think they win against memphis this week home game i feel like it's going to be a pretty good crowd yeah i i got i gotta go birmingham it's gonna be interesting though because i think we are going to see some memphis fans because again interstate away and this is the battle of the bones professionally of course we're seeing that return college wise yeah I will be honest. I am. I'm really excited for when UAB plays Memphis again, oh, yeah. and you actually get to see that trophy and everything. It's it's going to be great. But oh, it's, it's going to be glorious. But yeah, I mean, Birmingham and Memphis. They you don't see it a lot anymore. But those two cities hate each other. Hate each other. So this could be a very heated rivalry for years to come if you know all these leagues succeed. Yes. All right. I, I, you said we might agree on this one. I think I'm not exactly with you. New Jersey at Pittsburgh. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Maulers. You're going with the Maulers. Yes. Now, I like the Maulers. I like Reuben Foster. 
I just don't think they're a very good team. They scored so. more points on uh, uh, with a worse defense in New Orleans than New Jersey did against a better defense. Yeah, but you know, one of those touchdowns did come from the Mahler's defense. That's true. So I don't know. It's still a toss up. You know, just so we don't have all the same picks. And you know, look, I was going to pick New Jersey to begin with. Once you pick Pittsburgh, I was like, maybe he's onto something. But I'm, I'm not gonna. You're not going to confuse me. I'm, I'm going with New Jersey. We'll, okay. we'll see. We'll see next week. We'll see who's. Well, see, I just want to say that on, on the USFL uh, brand pick pool, I'm currently, I'm, I'm currently one week winning streak so far. So I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. He might know what he's talking about, people. Now, I will say that is the NBC and Peacock yes. game. So that was the highest you know watch game uh, this past week between Michigan and Houston. Right. Do we think it is the highest watch when it's Pittsburgh and New Jersey? I, I think the, the I think Michigan really helped that because again they they have a hub. You know, it's NBC. It's over the air free. Yep. I think I think that really helped. Okay. Okay. So we'll and then Michigan at Philadelphia. That's a six p.m. That wraps up the weekend. Yeah, pretty much we get – I mean, look, I think we kind of like that Birmingham-Memphis, you know, the, the rivalry. Yes. But if we're just going off of, you know, the teams, this could be the game of the week as the Possibly. last game. Now, Michigan looks really good. Philadelphia, yeah. we expected good. a little bit more or like you expected a little bit more when they were playing. A little bit, that not much, but not that much. But, you know, they came over to win Michigan and Philadelphia. Philadelphia – you know, they – second best odds to win before the season. We Nobody knows what they're talking about yet. I'm going Michigan. I got – here's the thing. This is this is basically going to be a neutral side game because they're playing in Canton. Yeah. That, that's if, like, I am I am coin flip on this game. If, I, I can see either one. Yeah, if it was at Fort Field. Michigan, 100%. Michigan, 100%. Now, with it being in Canton – you have the possibility either team could come away with a win. How many people are going to travel from, you know, Michigan over to this game? Right. How many people are going to travel to Philadelphia? Honestly, I don't really see a lot of people going from Philadelphia to Canton. I see more people coming from Michigan, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I'm going with Michigan. I really like what I saw from week one. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. I got, I, I got to go with Michigan just by a hair. I think they have a little bit, but little, 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 little bit of a better team head-to-head. Little bit. See, I wish that we were not on the same page as much as we are because we just picked eight football games. Yes. I think we only had one where we didn't agree on the winner. Wow. So we picked the same team in seven of the eight games. Now that other game is New Jersey and Pittsburgh. You know, (laughs) it's a little tough to pick right now, but we'll see. Well, still uh, a lot to go over as we kind of look at everything. But it's we're entering week two of the USFL, week 10 of the XFL. And that this has been Three Point Conversion. I've been your host, Carson Keel, joined by Adam Hamright. And we'll see you next week. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.